You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So I am in a bit of a conundrum here. Um, generally, the way that this works is it's Saturday. We're going to look very deeply into the eyes of the Chicago Bears. And we do that with um, composure, with uh, realism. You know, it's not meant to be an attack or... Um, It's just, here's the good, here's the bad, here's the team from top to bottom, here's what they were, here's what they are, here's what we should expect. Um, And then maybe we'll do a little bit of college football stuff, because, you know, we're getting late in the season, etc., etc., you know, I don't know. Here's the problem. The more I dig into the Bears, the more I just find a Greek tragedy. It's just... You know, everywhere I turn, I'm trying to just find information, and it's like, ooh, oh, that's so bad. It's like, oh, I didn't think about that. That's that's so bad. And so I just kept accumulating these things, and I wasn't even really trying to find them. They just kept falling into my lap. It really all just started with my realization of the Bears' trade value, but, but again, even that I wasn't looking for. It's somebody else, a Bears, um, I don't want to say YouTuber, I, I think radio uh, reporter, I guess, who was on a YouTube channel, which I think was even like NBC Sports or something. I don't know. I saw it on YouTube. But it was a Bears guy who brought it up. And I threw it up on Twitter and, and every all the Bears fans on Twitter are, how dare you even mention that? It's like, dude, I'm just relaying the message. It wasn't Brad Biggs, but it was it was one of the, the big, there's like four or five of them. Kind of like we have in Green Bay. They've got like four or five big Chicago reporters. This is one of them. And he mentioned that. And I was like, oh yeah, that's true. If you don't know what I'm talking about, let me just tell you and then we'll get to, back to the conundrum. The realization hit me that they didn't just trade away a first-round pick for Justin Fields, right? That's that's me not thinking well enough. The question is, what did they trade away? Well, they traded away whatever pick the Bears would have had this year. At right right now, I think it's like the seventh, sixth or seventh pick. I don't know. I could look it up, but it doesn't matter. The point is, there's a very good chance it's going to be a top-five pick, which means they traded away the twentieth pick and let's just say the fifth pick for the eleventh pick. That's not a very good trade. And everybody's real mad, like, well, you don't, but that's for a quarterback, and that, that, that doesn't matter. It is a massively negative trade. It is literally the same thing as saying, I'm going to trade a $100 bill and a $20 bill for a $50 bill. It's the same thing. I mean, you can literally quantify what the value of these picks are. And one of the picks, a five, is massively way more value. I mean, you, you, the Bears traded back from the 2025 pick, fifth overall pick in 2020, back to the 11th pick and gave up their 2021 pick and gave up a fourth and a fifth. So the trade value is unbelievably negative. That's not debatable. It was a horrific trade. The question is, is it worth it for what you got, right? So so you could say, well, again, the analogy kind of breaks down, I guess, but it, it's it's like you need $50, Okay, here, here, here let's, let's further the analogy because 2022 was next year. I only have 20 bucks on me. I need $50 to go buy that, that stock over there. Let's just call it a stock because, I don't know, whatever. I need, the, I need that thing. 
I don't have $50. I've got a 50, or excuse me, I have a 20 and I have a five, and I'll give you that now. And next year, or let's just say tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to get paid $100 and another $5. I'll give you all of that, right? The $5 of the fourth and fifth round pick. So in total, I'm going to give you $130 for your $50 bill so that I can go buy this thing. The question is, is that, forget the 50, the amount of value you paid for this guy is through the roof. Is it, was it worth it? He has to be very, very, very good. And the, the question of, well, what else could they have done? Not got a quarterback. What did the Lions do? Oh, yeah, look at the Lions. Th- that's, that's not the point. I mean, the Lions could have gotten a quarterback, and how would that quarterback be doing? So far from what we can tell, every single quarterback from that draft class has not been good. Mac Jones is the only one that's seemingly somewhat promising. In the last few games, he's been basically just being dragged by the rest of his team. And he's the only one that's halfway competent. Basically, all the worst quarterbacks are the rookie quarterbacks. It's not even worth arguing with the the Bears fans that are telling me Fields is very good. Great. We don't have an argument, you and I. We both love Fields in Chicago right now. So we're good. We can both buy Fields jerseys. We know it was a bad value. We know it was a bad trade. The only question is, is Justin Fields worth not just the 11th pick? Was he worth that 11th pick and the Bears' upcoming 5th, 4th, 6th overall pick? Because you got to remember, this team right now, and and even the people arguing with me are like, well, once we get a new coach and get him some help, help, how? How are you going to get him some help? You gave away all your picks. I mean, I I don't even know where to begin. The the point is... And I'm sort of demonstrating to you the problem. I should be saving all this for tomorrow. I've got a lot of information that's really just kind of laughing at the Bears, sort of a laughing at the enemy Bears edition. Um, and I should save that for Sunday because Sunday is about let's throw caution to the wind. Let's just talk trash. Let's just pretend that there's no chance we can lose and we're definitely going to win. We're going to win by probably 25 points and we're just going to point and laugh and just have a good old time. I don't know if I can wait, though. I want to dig into this so bad, so bad. I don't know if I can do it. And, and it's not even just a matter of, well, let's just do something. Because I thought about that. Well, why don't we just go over the Bears? We'll just talk about it. And we'll see how much time is left. The problem is, I, I physically, right now with the mental state I'm in, I can't talk about the Bears without going on some kind of an anti-whoever tangent. Maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe we'll go over the Bears, and I'll just talk trash whenever, I, I, whenever it just happens naturally. But the very specific things that I have here, we'll just leave it. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to save all this for tomorrow. I just, it makes me sad. It makes me sad. And I do want to thank all the Bears fans on Twitter because, like I said, doing the laughing at the enemy segments um, with people that are rational and understand things. And and granted, most of the guys that are Bears fans that do these YouTube channels, they love Justin Fields too. And they would happily do this trade 100 times out of 100 because they haven't I mean, they haven't given up on fields, and why should they? I'm not saying they should, but point is, I, I, I just am thankful because listening to, listening to people that are down on their team makes, gives me that sort of big brother mentality where it's like, nah, dude, you, you're fine. You'll be all right, man. I mean, hey, look, next year we'll figure this thing out, right? But having Bears fans come in and just be, you know, ridiculous and not even just acknowledge a basic reality that you're going to lose a top five pick for Justin Fields, I mean, it wasn't just, <laughs> that's, it's a, it, look, it's just, uh, it just amplifies the importance of it. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Well, it's worth it. Well, we don't know that yet. Now, do we? See, you're, you're going down into stupid territory. We can have a, a conversation 
All you got to do is say, look, it's worth it if he ends up being a great quarterback. Boom, nailed it. You're right. You're right. That's it. That's 100% true. If he goes on to be the next Justin Fields, the next, um, the next Justin Fields, my Lord, the next Russell Wilson, the next Aaron Rodgers, whatever, or it doesn't even necessarily have to be that. What would he have to be? I don't know. Whatever. If he's Kyler Murray, I think people will get over it pretty quick. Although I'm not 100% sold on Kyler Murray either. We'll see. The fact that he became a great thrower is is really impressive to me. That's what kind of brought me around. But we got to see. He's young and he's already got injury issues and it's kind of, we'll see. But all right, let's, um, I'm going to try to table all this stuff here. But all right, let's, uh, let's take an overview of the Chicago Bears. I still, I still got, I still got the Bears fans clinging on here. Louise is, uh, he's confident that they've got a really good quarterback right now already. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to extend the hand, man. I'm right there. He's got all the tools in the world. He might be a great quarterback. He's really fast. He's got a rocking arm. Granted, 90% of people coming out of college have strong arms and or can run. But um, he's got the tools, man. Never know. Right? Josh Allen took, what was it? I think Lamar was year two. Josh Allen was year three, something like that. You never know. But do not, do not tell me that in 2021, Justin Fields has been a good quarterback anyways Looking at the Chicago Bears, 21st-ranked defense, 30th-ranked offense. I'm sorry, a great quarterback, even with some issues on the offense, is not going to be 30th. That will not happen. Aaron Rodgers has played with a banged-up offensive line, no Devontae Adams, hurt running backs. Basically, he hasn't had any really high-quality tight ends ever in his tenure here can argue with me about Jamarco Finley and, uh, and Tunyon if you want to, but whatever. The Packers are not going to be 30th. You know why? Because of Aaron Rodgers. That's why. It's never, it's never going to happen. Same thing with Russell Wilson. They're, they're getting worse, but the offense is going to hang in there. Well, they got DK. Okay, and you got Allen Robinson and, and, and Mooney. Mooney's been quite good. Robinson not playing well probably has a little bit to do with the quarterback situation. You've also got a running back that you guys love, and for good reason. You don't have the worst offensive line in football, despite the fact that it's bad. There are worse situations than what your quarterback has to work with, and they're not 30th. But anyways, the Bears are 30th. If we kind of break that down, um, first half versus their last half, uh, their first six games, Chicago's offense ranked 30th. The defense in the first half was um, 8th. So, I mean, you can already see what the biggest difference has been um, between the Bears who were really bad to start the season and the Bears who were really bad now, because clearly this isn't the eighth best defense, as evidenced by the fact that they're now ranked 21st. But let's look at the second half by itself. Offensively, in their last seven games, they rank uh, 26th, so slightly better than 30th, but basically hovering in that same zone, right? They're 30th in the first half. 26th in the second half, and, um, you know, what, 30th overall, I said? Defensively, defensively, the Chicago Bears are now 28th. Um, Pittsburgh has given up more points, but they've played eight games, so if you look at it on a per-game basis, um, they're actually worse than Chicago. Um, surprisingly, Minnesota, they've also played eight games, but they're somewhere worse than the Bears. I don't feel like figuring out the math for every single one of these teams, but Somewhere around 28th through 32nd is where they rank. So the Bears and the Vikings both have have had the worst defenses over the last second half of the season. I'm not talking just 
the last couple games small sample size. I'm talking seven or eight games as a sample size, half of, half of a season. And then if you look at the last three games, um, the Green Bay Packers are, I wish they would change the numbers here, but one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. The Bears offense is 25th. So even, you know, again, we're zooming even a little bit more to try to see maybe they've turned a corner. Maybe things have, have kind of gotten a little bit better. Maybe, that maybe, 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 maybe. No, there is no maybe. The only halfway positive thing is that Chicago's defense is ranked 14th over the last three weeks. Um, Green Bay, who's had some issues the last couple weeks, ranks 12th. Even, even as having all the issues we've got, we're ahead of where Chicago is. If you zoom in on that a little bit, Chicago allowed 16 points to Baltimore and lost, um, 14 points to the Lions and barely won, and then just gave up 33 points to the Arizona Cardinals. Some bigger issues for um, for the Chicago Bears are this. If you look at points against, in other words, looking at the defense, the number one team this season when playing at home is the Green Bay Packers. They've allowed 14.4 points when at home. 17 points to the Bengals, 14 to the Lions, 24, uh, I'm looking at the wrong stinking team, 17 to the Lions, 17 to the Steelers, 10 to Washington, 0 to Seattle, 28 to the Rams. That's what they've allowed when at home. The Chicago Bears defense ranks 21st when on the road, which is what they rank um, anyways, I guess. The Packers offense ranks 15th overall, but when at home, the Packers rank 8th which is to say they are a top 10 offense when you're just looking at at home. And that's compared to other teams at home. That's the other thing. It's not just, well, yeah, well, they're better when they're at home compared to everybody else when on the home and at home and away. No, 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 no. The, the, the Green Bay Packers are massively better at home than when they're away, as evidenced by the, the fact that they jump up from 15th to 8th. <laughs> on the road, the Chicago Bears rank 31st on offense. So that is also a factor. Um, I mean, the, the, the biggest contrast here is that the Green Bay Packers are number one um, on defense at home, and the Bears are 31st at ho- uh, away on offense. See what I mean about trying to be level-headed, but I just can't help myself? I mean, it's just, I, I mean, listen, that, that's, that's the hardest part about this. Don't trash the team. Just talk about the stats. Well, the stats are trashing the team, though, dude. I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> Packers defense is home, at home is number one at 14.4 points per game. Bears offense on the road ranks 31st at 14.3 points per game. It sounds like they're in agreement about how many points the, the Bears should be scoring in this game, roughly. About 14 is, is what, what uh, the, the Bears offense and the Packers defense uh, feels comfortable with in this game. Honestly, I'm just upset that Houston is so trash um, on the road because it would be much better if they were they were number 32. But you know, I guess I'll get over it. Houston Texans on the road have scored 10 points. I mean, and on average, 10 points a game. That's just that's that's crazy. That's freaking crazy. I mean, there's a 1.2 point jump from Chicago up to Detroit, which, by the way, Detroit is better um, away than Chicago has been. Which is weird because Justin Fields is basically a Hall of Fame quarterback, and and the Bear, and the Lions chose not to. Which uh, don't talk about. Well, I've already opened the door on that one issue, so we can talk about that issue. But a lot of people say, "Well, what are they supposed to do? Why don't you do what the Lions did and wait?" The Lions. So, so there's a completely different view of things here. 
The Lions said this is going to be a long-term rebuild, which, by the way, the Bears are going to take a while to build up. But whatever, we either got our quarterback and we build around him and hopefully we don't trash him in the meantime, or we just build properly and stash picks. The Lions are loaded with pick. The Detroit Lions are going to have the number one overall pick and the number 24 overall pick. Um, and let's see what else they've got. They've got uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. They have 10 picks in this upcoming draft, including two firsts, a second, and two thirds. By the way, um, the Lions also get another first-round pick from the Rams in 2023. So they have two first-round picks in 2022 and 2023. They also got an additional sixth in 2023 and a seventh in 2023. And that's just so far. So they're loaded to the brim with picks and relatively high picks. They've started building in the trenches. They started building offensive line. I think they're going to end up getting probably a guy like Aiden Hutchinson with the first overall pick, who is a freak of a pass rusher. The Lions have desperately needed an elite pass rusher, and they may get him. Imagine if they get a guy like a Bosa. What that would do for the defense overall, that's going to help the corners. That's going to help your defensive tackles, your other edge rushers, your linebackers. Everybody's helped by that one really good pass rusher that's just tormenting people. You continue to build and build and build, and when it comes time to get your quarterback, you get your quarterback. When your team is ready to start winning, go get a quarterback. Now, again, if, if, if you've got a guy, if you're sure that he's the guy, fine. But don't just go get a guy. And, and that's the other thing. Why do you think he's not the guy? Because I know the Bears are desperate for a quarterback. I think a lot of Bears fans point to Justin Fields and a lot of things they point to that they think are a positive thing or a negative thing. But what else were they supposed to do? Exactly. Exactly. They had no other option. But they're not doing it for the betterment of the Bears. The Lions are building for the long term, and what did they do? They didn't draft a quarterback. The Bears are drafting to save their jobs today, and so they went for fields. The team that wants to win in 2022, 2023, 2024 didn't take Justin Fields. The team that just wants to keep their job for one year, desperation move, went for Justin Fields. And then they say, well, he was projected to go like top five, and he fell, so it was a great value. No, no, no. He was projected to go top five by non-GMs. All the GMs said he's not worth a top five pick. There's not a single GM on this planet, on this planet, that believes Justin Fields is a top five talent and would allow him to go right past them and take somebody else. What you need to do is ask, why did he not get picked up? The Atlanta Falcons took Kyle Pitts. Well, it's because they're stupid. Well, maybe. Maybe the draft people are stupid. They had the opportunity. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance went one, two, three. The Atlanta Falcons are sitting there at four. And, and Justin Fields, who is great at Ohio State, he's right there. They need a quarterback. They're building for the future. Why don't they take Justin Fields? They took a tight end over Justin Fields. The Bengals got a quarterback. Miami got a quarterback, so you understand it. Detroit is right there at pick seven. They need a quarterback. They know for a fact Jared Goff is not the future. He's a fill-in. So you're building for the future. What do you do? They took a tackle and not Justin Fields. The Panthers desperately, 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 desperately need a quarterback. They traded for Sam freaking Darnold. They need a quarterback real bad. Justin Fields is sitting right there. And they said, no, he's not the guy. For some reason, the Lions, the Panthers, and the Falcons in their entire staff looked at Justin Fields and said, this is not a guy who's going to be a future NFL quarterback, a, a high-quality quarterback, because not one of these teams, if they believed in him, would have let him pass. Not one. Denver Broncos, exact same situation. This is four teams with four GMs and four staffs that have studied deeply 
the quarterback situation. They all studied Justin Fields in depth. Every single one of them said he's not the guy. Because if, if, if at any point any of these four teams thought that Justin Fields was the guy, they would have done it. And who ended up trading up for Justin Fields? It was the Bears. Why? It's the team that desperately tried to trade for Russell Wilson. They desperately tried to give everything away, the entire future away for Justin for, for, for Russell Wilson. They tried desperately to get Deshaun Watson before his whole legal thing blew up in their face. They tried everything they could possibly do to get the best possible quarterback they could because they know 100% they're getting fired this year if they don't win some games. And the only way they're going to win some games is getting a high-quality quarterback. That doesn't necessarily believe, mean they believe in Justin Fields. It's a Hail Mary. Even if they evaluated Justin Fields and said, I don't think he's going to be the guy, but there's a chance, everybody else is going to look at that and go, that's not worth the risk. I don't think so, but who knows, maybe. The only one who would who would who would risk and give up a ton of draft capital for a, I don't think so, but maybe, is the team that's been desperately swinging at quarterbacks this entire time. The question isn't, you know, why are GMs so stupid? The question is, understanding that GMs are intelligent people, why did he fall? It's not that he fell, it's why did he fall? It's not because these guys didn't need quarterbacks. You got four teams that desperately need quarterbacks. The Falcons, the Dolphins, well, I didn't even say the Dolphins, but you could easily say the Dolphins because Tua was not great. But the Falcons, the Lions, the Panthers, the Broncos, maybe the Dolphins, maybe the Eagles. That And that doesn't even include the fact that the Jaguars took Trevor Lawrence, the Jets took Zach Wilson, and the 49ers took Trey Lance. All three of those teams need quarterbacks, and all three of those teams said, I don't want Justin Fields. They took Zach Wilson, they took Trey Lance, they took Trevor Lawrence over him. So yeah, maybe... These guys are all just stupid, and Justin Fields is the greatest. And maybe Justin Fields is really good, you just can't see it yet because, you know, the offensive line is bad and, and your head coach is bad. Maybe the fact that he's thrown four touchdowns and eight interceptions with a 69 passer rating, that's all just a fluke, and really he's going to be this elite quarterback, greatest in the world, but, you know, we just got to get a better team. Fine. Or maybe he's not very good, and all these teams made the right decision. And the only reason the Bears traded up was out of desperation. And if it wasn't for the Bears being so desperate, he would have continued to fall. I'm curious, had he fallen to 15, not being taken, and Mac Jones and Justin Fields were there, would New England have traded up for Justin Fields or Mac Jones? Just curious. Because it seems the, the Patriots were right in taking Mac Jones, but they also didn't really have a choice. Did they just take him because he was the last one left, or did they take him because they realized this was probably the best quarterback in all of college football? They believe that he can be a good quarterback, and turns out they were right. Maybe they got lucky, or maybe they were just right. Because the Patriots are not a desperation team. They're not going to desperately just swing at a quarterback. They saw Mac Jones fall and said, I can't believe this guy fell. Let's go get him. Anyways, we we, we have not even, we have not even started. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so we've established uh, that they're 30th on offense and 21st on defense. I knew, see, I knew I, knew I should have just done it. I should have just went. I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm happy though. I'm glad that I dislike the Bears this much. I mean, it's all love. It's all in good fun. Bears fans, you're good, you, you're good people. I don't, I don't even dislike the players, you know what I mean? Justin Fields is, is a good dude. Nothing but the best when you eventually move on to your next team. Like Trubisky, I hope he has a great career somewhere else. I always liked Trubisky. Just didn't like him in Chicago. Same with Justin. Super talented quarterback. Hope he makes a boatload of money. I just don't want him to do well for the Bears. That's all. Same with Akeem Hicks. Like, dude, best of luck making money somewhere else. Allen Robinson, go get go get it, man. I, I want people to do well. I want people to prosper. 
But if you can do that and help make the Bears trash, dude, I love you so much. Like, I, I, you know, I don't want to make it weird, but I do. Jay Cutler, like, it's, it's beyond appreciation. At a minimum, I would have to give him a hug. Because it's, it's, it's similar to what Aaron Rodgers does for me. Aaron Rodgers brings me so much joy because of what he does to make the Green Bay Packers good. You know, Jair, Aaron Jones, Devontae, you kidding me? You know how much joy that guy's brought me? Kenny Clark's a dare. These guys bring me joy when they do their job. Same thing Cutler did. He brought me so much joy when he did his job. Allen Robinson just deciding, eh, in Justin Fields' first year, right? Like, let's give this guy a good year. Let's, let's, let's really build him up and show him the ropes and give him a good year and build up his confidence. Allen Robinson's like, you know what? I haven't taken a year off. I've been one of the best wide receivers in football. I think this is my year. I'm taking this year off. I don't really care. I don't want to do this. I don't want to play well anymore. Alan, thank you so much. Thank you so much for who you are as a person, right? Like, hey, can we keep the defense going? Akeem Hicks is like, nah, dude, I'm, I'm tired. I'm like, what was he, 32? Like, dude, I'm, I need a break. And Khalil's like, you know, I'm kind of tired of carrying this team around. Nettie Jackson's like, you know what? I already got paid. Why am I hitting people? Like, I don't need to hit people hard. That hurts me when I tackle hard. Like, I'll, I'll grab them and pull them down, but I already got my money, man. I'm set for life. I'm literally set for life. Why, why am I going to bust my shoulder? I know, I, I, I've, read, I've read about Kevin King. That guy flies around like a missile and he breaks his shoulder like twice a year. I'm not doing that. I'm rich. Kevin King has to do that because he hasn't gotten paid yet. I don't have to do that. I'm rich. Roquan, he's flying around. I mean, he's, he's still kind of doing his thing, but... <sighs> I, don't, I don't hate the Bears, but man, do I hate the Bears. And it's because I hate the Bears, and the Bears players are so bad that I just, I kind of love the Bears. <laughs> doesn't make sense, but it makes sense to me. The offensive line, they have one job. Five guys with one job. You know what that one job is? Don't get Justin Fields killed. Protect the young man. And every single one of them, all five of them got together and said, what if we don't, though? Let's, uh, how about we just don't? Like, I, I know what the coach said. I get it. I understand. I know he said, don't get him killed. I heard him say that. But what if, check this out. Come on over here real quick. I'm envisioning it's the center who's doing this because he's just horrible. Because he's, he's the most gung-ho about this whole, um, <laughs> I don't even know if that's true, but he's real bad. What if we do get him killed? Huh? And then... Then if it works, we're the we're better than the, the head coaches. We could save this team ourselves by not doing what our coach said. Because he's an idiot, obviously. Nothing he said is working. So maybe we allow people to get after fields. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the whole plan. I haven't really thought it out beyond that, but that's the plan. Do I hate the Bears? No, I don't hate the Bears. I love almost every single one of these guys. I'm not a big fan of Khalil yet. Really don't like Robert Quinn right now. And yes, I understand Khalil Mack is not playing, which, which I guess I appreciate that. I appreciate that Khalil Mack also is, I don't know if he's taking a year off or not, but whether that was, I mean, he didn't plan it, I'm assuming. I've been watching a lot of Monk, right? So people do crazy stuff like break their own hands so they can get away with murder. So my, my brain is in weird places, but Khalil Mack is getting a year off. We can agree on that. So leave me alone. But Robert Quinn, he's, he's like the one guy that's still kind of a thorn in our side to where it's like, can you just relax, right? Um, maybe, maybe David Montgomery a little bit, but it's like, can you guys just like, have you not picked up on the vibe in Chicago? 
the vibe that's like, dude, you're making us look bad. Just chill. We take two-hour lunches here. If you take a 30-minute lunch and go back to work, that means we all have to go back to work. So why don't you just relax, all right? Anyways, I man, it is what it is. Why don't we just go ahead and take a break here so that we can come back on the other side and, and do something that resembles trying to look at the Chicago Bears. We'll see if I can make it. So far, I've covered one thing about the Bears. Um, I, this is exactly what I said would happen, too. That's good, though. It's fine. It's what, it's, it's what it is. We're going to continue this looking at the Bears. We're probably not going to bother going position by position. Um, we'll do the injury report and whatnot, and um, I, I guess that's about it. <laughs> we'll see how far we can get. Sunday's going to be fun, though. Sunday is going to be fun. If you want to support this madness, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is one way to do so. The absolute best possible way to support the podcast, though, just tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers. Be an advocate. Support the show by telling people to listen to the show or forcing people to listen to the show. Whatever, if you can find a way to do that, that's even better. Um, one other thing you could possibly do, is it right of me to ask you this? Probably not, but uh, you should do it anyways. There are certain podcasts that I have set to automatically download. The benefit of that is if you're ever out, you know, listening in your car, you're not using data to listen to it. So if, if this podcast comes out at four in the morning, your phone will download the podcast and then you can go listen to it in your car and it's already downloaded so you're not using any data. It's a nice little thing. The perk for me is even if you don't listen to it, it was downloaded and the download counts as a listen. Is what I'm asking you to do somewhat immoral? I don't know. I'm just stating information just trying to help you out. You know, I, maybe you got unlimited data and it doesn't matter. I don't know. But what if you go into a dead zone and you lose internet? Sometimes that happens. You get out to an area, there's no internet. Now you lost the podcast. That's no fun. So if you can, go find the Packernet podcast. Find the settings for, um, for Google, because I honestly don't even know how to do this. Um, settings, auto-downloading, and then they have all your subscriptions, and you can pitch, pick which ones auto-download and which ones don't. Just find the Packernet Podcast, and uh, boom, you're, you're set. And I'm set. That way, from my perspective, you have literally never missed an episode of mine. And it, it does help me because, you know, there's a lot of ebbs and flows. Monday's a great day. Tuesday's a great day. Wednesday's usually a good day. But it goes down, 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 down. And then Saturday, Sunday, which are some of my favorite episodes, nobody's listening. But you could listen. So, anyways. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So during the break, I actually took a break, went and got some coffee and whatnot. Um, I'm just now seeing all the devastation with tornadoes and whatnot. So, um, you know, thoughts and prayers to everybody that's um, going through that. You know, I 
Last night was a very, very good night for me. Um, I came home, and I had just looked up a recipe for French hot chocolate, which I'm just, you know, as a red-blooded American, there's, there's that thing where you're not supposed to like the French. And I've been pretty good at that because, you know, they're arrogant, and they don't like us, so we don't like them. And, you know, the, just the stupid stereotype. It's kind of like Bears Packers. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know why. I don't really care. It doesn't matter. I have recently figured out that everything I thought about French food was wrong. And uh, the French are basically a bunch of fatties that like, you know, meat and cheese and, and dessert and stuff, and they just make it really well. Um, anyways, so that's what their French hot chocolate is. It's just unbelievably chocolate. And not only that, the, the guy that was, I watched his YouTube channel was like, sometimes we have this for breakfast. And he poured the hot chocolate in a cereal bowl. And he's like, yeah, this is my breakfast. It's like, <laughs> I love you guys so much. But at the same time that I did that, my family decided that the, the kids especially got this Christmas bug. So they started feverishly cleaning the living room. I went out in the garage, found all the Christmas stuff. We set up the tree, got that decorated, got all the lights up. It's dark outside. We got French hot chocolate, which, again, just a coincidence. You got Christmas music playing. You light the Christmas candles so you get, like, that cinnamon smell. As a parent, it doesn't really get too much better than that. I mean, I, I love Christmas as it is, but to just kick back and watch the kids decorate the tree and watch how excited they get and how happy they get, it's such a nice thing. And um, to see what some people went through uh, this morning, last night, I don't, know, I don't know exactly when it happened, but just the contrast of that kind of hit me as I was looking at the complete devastation. I mean, entire cities completely leveled. Um, there's almost a feeling of guilt. You know, I'm, I'm over here just living my best life while people are living in terror, you know? I don't know, it's weird, but... Um, if anybody listening is is a part of that or whatever, I'm I'm so sorry that you're going through that, and um, we'll definitely be praying for you. And I just hope, I think for all of us, it's just a matter of just just kind of try to hang in there. <laughs> you know, people are struggling a little bit more now than than usual. Um, it's been a mental and emotional strain for a lot of people. It's been a financial strain, and um, everything else is just piling on top. But uh, Hang in there, and it, it, you know there's a lot of people willing and able to help. Just don't don't ever feel like you can't. I'm watching what um, the guys over at Cheesehead TV did. Raised what was it like? They're up to like twenty thousand for uh, I believe it's like a food bank or something, right? You know, it's stuff like that. People are people want to help. Um, I, I I did it last year, and I was going to do it again this year, and it just I keep putting it off, and it's kind of probably too late. I don't know. I, I may still do something, but the point is. As much as people, and you lose faith in humanity just looking at social media and stuff, those same people who can get under your skin are the same people that there's a good chance that they'd be willing to help you out in, in you know, if, when you're going through stuff. So um, I don't know how to, how to help somebody who just lost their home, but, you know, if you need a little bit of money or, or whatever, people will help you out. You'll be all right. Also, Demarius Thomas, what the heck was that about? How horrible is that? Jeez. 33 years old, I just turned 35. Again, it kind of just comes back to, there's a lot of people that spend a lot of their time complaining about life. There's no time for that. As I get older, I realize that happiness comes from realizing all those stupid things our parents told us were true. Be grateful for what you have. Even just little things like stop whining. <laughs> they were right. You know, you don't eat your food, they'll, they'll guilt you with the fact that there's starving people in Africa, right? It's a common line from parents. Well, it's true. People are suffering, man. Heck of a lot more than you or I are. Tomorrow you might lose your home, you might lose your family, you might lose your life. 
You don't want your last day spent crying that things aren't perfect yet. Find a way to enjoy it. The whole cheesy line of living every day like it's your last, probably not the best advice, depending on what it is you'd want to do on your last day, but it's not terrible advice. Anyways, now we can get back to the Bears. Um, if we look at, for example, their scores and whatnot, obviously if you're the 30th ranked team, you, you don't do very well on offense. And that holds true in terms of it's not a matter of, well, they've got a couple 30-point games and then a bunch of like five-point games and that's how it averages out. No, they have one game at 27. That's their highest. And remember, and I don't know where this comes from, but it just felt like I think it was last year or the year before, the magic number was always 24. And I've kind of just held on to that. It was just an observation that it seems like 24 is just this sort of common number among teams. Um, That might be a sliding scale number depending on what it is from year to year. But for now, I'm kind of holding on to 24 as being sort of the baseline. If you're over 24, it's not a bad day. If you're under 24, it's not a great day. 24 is just kind of a standard number. They reach 24 once, they surpass 24 once. They don't have a single game in the 30s yet this entire year. So, um, listen, anything's possible. Um, but again, I, I kind of talked about that that curse of a bye week, right? I talked about how the Packers seem to come out flat. But even so, when you look at the massive mountain of information, the massive mountain of data, which which doesn't necessarily mean anything, and anytime I put stuff like this on Twitter... People are like, well, the past doesn't mean anything for the present. Well, it's not 100% predictive, but it does matter because the same variables that impacted all these low scores are the variables that exist in this game, and that's why it matters. The fact that they're 31st on the road and we're number one at home, um, maybe that's a little bit fluky. We're only talking about a handful of games for each team, but it does matter. The fact that they have been physically incapable of surpassing 27 points, and when they did, they lost, is not a, a great sign. I mean, their best game came against the Lions 24-14. to That's it. It's a 10-point win. That's the best they've done, and that was week four. That was back when, remember, their defense was top 10. And yes, Justin Fields was the quarterback in that game. He was 11 of 17 for 209 yards and a pick. So, I mean, how they got to 24 points is a uh, is a mystery. Probably the David Montgomery 23 carries, 106 yards, and two touchdowns would be my guess. But anyways, if, if, what, what, the reason I'm sorting this, though, is because I want to see the correlations. The Chicago Bears, and, and this is kind of stupid because it's just, it's so bad. Ready for this? They're winless when they score less than 16 points. <gasps> oh, my goodness. It's probably true of most teams, right? They are 4-3, and three, though, when they score... 16 or more points. That's actually not that bad. Get to 16 and you got like a 50% chance of winning the game. That ain't bad. The problem is there's really no certainty beyond that. You have to at least get to 16, then it's a coin flip. But the more points you score doesn't necessarily help. Why do I say that? Because if in games where they've scored more than 20 points, which is only four, they're one and three. So the, the problem is the defense isn't really helping a ton. You can't win if you don't get to 16. We've established that. I mean, you can, but it just from what we've seen so far, that's that's the baseline. After that, it's just a complete crapshoot because your defense has been quite bad, especially recently. On the defensive side of things, the Bears' defense has to keep a team below 24 points. Has to. They are 0-7 when a team gets to 24. The other way to look at that, because there's a big gap between those the two scores, whatever, they have to score more than 17 points because the next lowest is 17 points. The Bears are 4-1 and one when the defense can keep teams to 17 points or less. Well, again, duh. The Packers are 5-1 and one when they keep teams under 17. That's not surprising. I'm guessing most teams, um, that would be a reality. The point is, though, that's not all that impressive. 
So generally, what for for example, let's look at the Chicago Bears in 2018 to get a picture of what would be a, a better offense or defense. The 2018 Bears were 12 and four, right? We we all acknowledge this was a very good football team. If you want one snapshot of what really made this team good and and what didn't, the team when, when teams scored less than 24 points, they were uh, not undefeated. There's one one in here which obviously is the playoffs. Now I got to count. They're 12 and one, including the playoffs. So in the regular season, they were 12 and 0. That's honestly not that different than what they have right now. The biggest difference is how often can the defense do it? That's the point. That's what makes a defense good. It's not the simple fact that, well, duh, if you score less points, you're more likely to, if, if your opponent scores less points, you're more likely to win. The question is, how often can you pull that off? In 2018, they pulled it off most of the time. They were winless when a team scored more than 22 points. Winless. They, uh, the Packers scored 24 points and won 23-24. The Giants scored 30 and won 27-30. The Miami Dolphins scored 31 and they uh, won 31-28. The Patriots scored 38 and won 31-38. So the point is the team was dependent on their really, really good defense to play really, really well, and they did. And granted, the offense was there to play complementary football. You're not guaranteed to, you know, certainly this team, this Bears offense, um, at the time they ranked ninth in points. This Bears offense probably would lose a few more games, right? Uh, 22 points scored by Detroit, they probably lose that game. 20 against Minnesota, and a couple in here, 17, 14, maybe you lose on a fluky thing. But more or less, you're probably still, even if it was the same defense, even with this garbage offense, they still probably win 10 games. The problem is the offense and the defense are not reliable enough, right? When you score 16 or more points, it's, you know, 50-50, which again, I, I, I don't have better information for you on the offense because they just don't do well. There's no real, imp- like if you score 30 or more, well, they haven't scored 30, so we don't know. They probably win all their games if they score 30 or more. They just have never done that. But this is the hilarious part about the offense, which kind of gives you a, a, a negative picture. You, you have a 50-50 shot if you can just get to 16. They've only been able to get to 16 half of their games. They've gotten to 16 seven times. They have not or, or, or surpassed 16, uh, no. Yeah, gotten to 16 seven times. They have been less than 16 five times. It's a really low bar to at least get a 50-50 shot, and they can't hit it 50% of the time. The defense has a really, really high bar to hit in order to win game because the offense is so bad. They have to keep them 17 points or less, right? We established that. The problem is they can't do that very often. Even in 2018, that's a pretty tough bar. They would have hit it, you know, again, eight, nine, ten times. But this is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous bar to set. And so the Bears are going to have, this is the task the Bears have. This team on the road against the, the Green Bay Packers at home, coming off a bye, have to try to keep the Green Bay Packers 17 points or less. That's the only real shot they got. Do not let them score 17 points. Even if you can do that, there's a 50-50 shot your offense is going to be able to get over the bar. So you, you, you keep the Packers, let's say, to, uh, let's just say they get to 17. You've got about a 50% chance of getting over that bar. They've done it six times in, in 12 games. So it's just, it's, it really 100% comes down to this has to be an absolute collapse by the Green Bay Packers. And even then... Right? I mean, scoring 17 points against this defense is the collapse. That's not something the Bears' defense is going to be able to do on their own. So this has to be both a collapse by the Packers and a really monumental performance by the Bears. Because there's offense and there's defense. It's our offense 
which has scored 31 and 36 points in the last two games. It's your defense that gave up 14 to the Lions and 33 to the Cardinals. And you gave up 33 to the Cardinals at home. Beyond all that, I mean, let's just look at another reality here. The Bears were 3-2 and two when they um, when we went to Chicago to play them. We played the 3-2 and two Chicago Bears, right? They have a winning record. Since we beat them 24-14, they lost, 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 beat the Lions by two, and lost. The only, green, the only reason they're not in a seven-game losing streak is because they played the Lions and they almost lost that game. But again, our, our team that has scored 30 points the last couple games, you have to keep under 17. And your offense has to try to keep pace with our offense against our defense that is the number one defense when playing at home. How do you keep a team that's scoring in the 30s recently below 20? How does your offense that can rarely even get to 20 get in the 20s? Let's say you got to get at least a 24 to, to keep up with the Packers, let's just say. How do you do that on the road where you're terrible against the number one ranked defense when playing at home? I, I, I don't know the answer to that. And again, we've, we discussed the bye week thing, right? Even with the bye week curse, the worst curse in the world, and they come out flat and everything else. I don't know, man. I mean, let's say Aaron Rodgers comes out flat. Okay, we probably run the ball and still win the game. Our offensive line comes out flat. Well, that's not good because you got the one guy that can rush the passer. You don't have a ton of others. It's it's just, it's really, really difficult to find a way to pick the Bears over the Packers. It's It's not impossible. Anyways, um, very quickly zooming in a little bit, we've got the injury report out. Really nothing interesting here. Andy Dalton is doubtful. Duh. Justin Fields is going to play. We've known that for a while. Um, Marquise Goodwin is doubtful to play wide receiver. Um, I, I guess that's kind of relevant. Um, I mean, it's it's their number three wide receiver, right? So, I mean, obviously you got Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney are your top two guys. Robinson's been out for a while, but it looks like he's going to be playing. So you've got him as your number two. Mooney should be good to go. Goodwin isn't a massive threat, but but listen, I mean, especially when everything we just talked about, you got to be on your the top of your game. You never know who's going to be able to help you do what. And although Goodwin hasn't been all that great, it was just two weeks ago uh, against Baltimore. He had eight targets, four receptions, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Um, that's not typical, but I mean, you got a guy that's got four two speed especially when you think about our team, occasionally they give up that big play. This is the guy that's going to sneak behind you. You know, if he's not playing, that's that's one more thing that you can't do to beat the Packers. And uh, with Jakeem Grant has been out, kind of just leaves you with Demir Bird as the only other guy left. 2015 undrafted free agent. He's not a good football player. He played 2018 Carolina, 2019 Arizona, 2020 New England, 2021 Chicago. So four teams in four years. He's having his worst year of his career with a 49 overall grade. Um, his best game came against error. Not well. It's the last two weeks, but that's probably largely due to injuries. He's been utilized more. But against Detroit, 42 yards. Against Arizona, 36 yards. So that's really all he's been able to contribute this year. Um, Mario Edwards and Akeem Hicks are both questionable, but they should be playing. Cassius Marsh, linebacker, is out. That doesn't really matter. Everybody else seems to be good to go. Um, you know, the only thing is some of these guys, they're going to be banged up, and that, that does matter. But, you know, they're playing, so whatever. As for the Packers, you know, Randall Cobb, David Bakhtiari not playing. We knew that was the case. Sounds like Randall's going to be out for a while, um, which is not great, but, you know, we'll be all right. 
Uh, Devondre Campbell's good to go. He was on the COVID list during the bye week, and so that was kind of one of those, that stinks, but it's perfect timing because he should be able to be back, and he is back. He is coming off his worst game of the season, though, against L.A. He had a 48 overall grade, 55 run defense, 41 tackling, which is really staggering, 47 in coverage, 58 pass rush. Everything was pretty bad in that game. So hopefully he's coming back rested. He's coming back strong. Um, he was phenomenal in that Minnesota game. But uh, as I said, he's he's been drifting downward. Um, if you look at starting in week two, his grades were 80, 70, 84, 79, 71, and 88. Since Washington, starting in Arizona, his grades have been 60, 62, 67, 71, and 48. So basically, his his best game the second half of the season is about tied with his worst game the first half of the season. So he's got to kind of, well, I'm excluding week one, but um, we're hoping to see a return to form to Devondre Campbell. I'm slightly less skeptical because I've always expected a regression to the mean. Devondre Campbell is not as good as he has been, but... Um, Still a good fit. He's been able to do it, and we could really utilize um, some old-school Devontae Campbell now. If we could get some, like, Week 7, Week 4, Week 2 Devontae Campbell in this game, that'd be great. Not that we necessarily need it, but just for my own sake, because we need, you know, one, one of the biggest benefits of this defense, and I think it's one of the reasons our defense hasn't been as elite um, the last couple weeks, is, you know, among other things, we just haven't really had that massive dominant linebacker presence, and we need that back, and Devondre's got to lead that charge. But uh, Devontae, hamstring, he's good to go. Kevin King, hip, knee, he's had all year, good to go. Aaron Rodgers, toe. Actually, interestingly enough, Aaron Rodgers practiced the other day. So it's kind of funny because you look at it and say, well, you got that bi-week curse because he had a week off and so et cetera, et cetera. But in a way, Aaron Rodgers is more practiced coming into this game than he has been in his last several. Because although he had a week off, he's actually on the field practicing, which is fantastic. And I hope that, uh, you know, again, it's really just a matter of what's going to happen here. Because again, on one hand, you expect that down game. On the other hand, Aaron Rodgers is playing his best football the last couple weeks. And if he can just stay in that groove, I mean, if we can just power through and he has a great game, which I mean, again, at home, cold weather against the Bears, everything is in Aaron Rodgers' favor. Everything about this game screams Aaron Rodgers is going to just blow this thing up. If you have him on your fantasy team and for whatever reason you don't play him because somebody else is doing better this year, you got to put Rodgers in on this game. Unless you buy into the whole buy thing, in which case you better bench him because he's about to have a bad game. But again, it's just, I'm kind of to the point now where I feel like either way we're going to win the game. It's just, are we going to win ugly and we can lose, but I'm, I'm just, the more I look at how bad the Bears are, it's like, even if we have a, a, a clunker of a game, we'll probably, you know, squeak this thing out. But it's just, it's, it's more interesting to me to say, are they going to have a down game and win, or are they going to blow this team out? Because I could, I could really just use a blowout here. Because we haven't really had that. We haven't had a lot of blowouts. You know, we, we, we scored 36 points against the Rams, and that's awesome, but we, they, we allowed 28. I guess that's sort of close to a blowout. I don't know, but... And then against the Vikings, we scored 31, but they scored 34 and won. You know, we shut out the Seahawks, but we only scored 17. We lost to the Chiefs. We barely beat the Cardinals. Washington was pretty close to a blowout, but it's one of those, it's only a blowout because of our defense kind of thing. We have not had, the only real blowout was Detroit 35-17. That's a, so what I want to see is the offense play really, really well, and the other team is not nipping at our heels. In other words, the offense and the defense both play well. Detroit might have been the only game where that happened. And I know that's kind of unfair because the Rams, I mean, the defense did play well. The score just didn't reflect it because of special teams and this, that, and the other thing. But 
let's 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 play well and make it reflected in the score. It's a little bit unfair, but just do it anyways. 35-17 would be nice. I'm fine with that. In fact, even that's a little messed up because they're averaging 14 points a game. If we allow 17, then they're playing above average against our defense. That can't happen, can it? 14 would be okay. See, now I'm just getting silly, but it, you know, again, I should be saving this for Sunday, but I can't help it. I mean, it's just, it's just the numbers and it's just the reality of it. And maybe it's a little bit unfair to say if they score 17, that's negatively reflecting our defense. But I mean, if the Bears come into Lambeau Field and score and and perform better than they have, that kind of sucks, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't know how to reconcile those two things, but I know that they're true. I, I really hate to do stuff like this because at the end of the day, especially when I set the standard and then they don't meet the standard and then I get people that are negative toward me toward a win and then I have to take the position of, oh, come on, we won the game. Try to be happy during a win, right? Because I'm the one that set the expectation, but I guess that's not my problem to figure out. That's your problem to figure out. If I had to put a score on this, just just based on what makes sense, I, I mean, I'm leaning something like 31-10. And, and everything in me is like, dude, that's stupid. Projecting 10 points, you know how easy it is to get 10 points in the NFL? They, they could get seven on a kick return. I mean, it, it, we could have a, a punt that our guy muffs and they get it at the five-yard line and that's seven. I mean, you can accidentally get seven points in a game in the NFL. And to, to say that they're not going to get two touchdowns, that's pretty bold. But I just, it is what it is. And, and 31 is a lot. Uh, you know, the, the Bears only gave up 33 to the Arizona Cardinals, and that is a dominant, dominant offense. Um, they also just allowed 14 and 16 the weeks before that, and then 29 to Pittsburgh, 33. So even when a team gets to 30 in the last several weeks, it's barely 31-ish, 33-ish. And the last time we played them, we only scored 24. But still, our offense is better. Their defense is worse since then. And they only scored 14 points in that game. So, you know, maybe they do get to 17 because they got to 14 last time and our defense is worse than it was. But I'm sticking with it. 31-10 is the final that I've got. Um, if they lose ugly, they or if they win ugly, they win ugly. It is what it is. At the end of the day, I'll come around to it and a win's a win. Um, and we'll talk about it then. But but just that's that's where my head's at right now. And it's not even a matter of that's what they'll do. It's kind of, that's sort of what I think the standard should be. That's what I think the standard of a good game is. If they come out and win, you know, 21 to 17, hey, they won and that's cool. And we can analyze the parts and pieces as they are, you know, look at the weather conditions. We'll look at injuries. We'll look at uh, the referees. We'll look at the special teams and how many factors, you know, how mad at the Packers am I going to be at an ugly win like that? I don't know. But I just think if, if that's the kind of game that it is, then they didn't hit the standard. They didn't hit what you expect to see for a team coming off a of bye week that is a Super Bowl contender going up against a team that is completely done. They've given up. They've got no hope. They've got nothing. They're going to fire their coach, all that stuff. I think the standard is somewhere around 31-10. That's not to say if it's 31-14, I'm going to throw a fit. Or 35-21, I'm just going to be furious. I mean, again, we'll, we'll look at it after the fact and try to figure out what, what, what happened. But um, that is the standard I'm setting for this team, and it's a high bar. But um, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be able to hit it. But anyways, we'll leave it at that. Tomorrow's going to be just, you know, pedal to the metal, man. It's just, it's all the way down. Um, I'm going to unload every single piece of information that I found about the Chicago Bears that makes them trash, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope you'll join me for that. Otherwise, you guys have a great Saturday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.